Hello everybody, my name is Eric Mercier. I am co-owner of Juice Imports, and today we're gonna walk you through the latest edition of our Natural Wine Club. Uh, today in the studio, we have a very old friend of mine. Uh, Nathan, we were just talking about the fact that we haven't seen each other in, in probably two and a half years, but uh, you know, I've been following uh, you know, via the interwebs and, and social media. Uh, feel free to introduce yourself and let us know what you do. Hi, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, so yeah, I'm, my name is Nathan Garreau. Uh, I work with Kenda Vinglewood and Knifeware in Calgary. And uh, it's, it's been a long journey, been there nine years now. And so I've done everything from running uh, Calgary's shave and axe store to uh, working with handmade Japanese kitchen knives. Uh, currently, I'm kind of operating our YouTube channel and our marketing team. Um, so it's, it's, it's a fun, <laughs> fun job. Outside yeah. of work, I am pretty obsessed with fermenting things from food to alcohol, uh, chopping wood, sitting around the fire, <laughs> listening to music, every, all the good things in life. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, honestly, I remember back in, in the day when I used to work at Vine Arts and we did a handful of collaborations with uh, both Knifeware and Kent of Inglewood. Uh, and it was always so much fun going in and geeking out about all the products that you that you have. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, especially as somebody who literally like smells and tastes things for a living, it's really fun <laughs> going in there and seeing people from sort of other spheres that are equivalently interested in totally. like, like the quality and the sensorial experience of, you know, smelling nice things. Yeah. We love geeking out and getting detail oriented about things and totally, <laughs> and just expressing our passion for them too with, with like-minded people. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool. Well, before we, we get too deep into the conversation, I'll talk about the first wine here and then we can kind of, uh, you know, bunch of questions to ask, but also, uh, you know, a bunch of a bunch of wine things to talk about. So right the first wine that you have in your glass, uh, this is coming from Meinklang. Meinklang is located in Austria. For those of you who are in the wine club, you'll probably be very familiar with Meinklang. Slowly and surely over the last, you know, three years of doing this wine club, we've introduced you to a lot of Meinklang wines. Um, this is coming from uh, Burgenland, which is a, a very sort of chill area of, of Austria, um, very rolling hills, very sort of soft landscape. There's sort of a lake in the center of this region that moderates everything, so it never gets too hot, never gets too cold. It, it's sort of the Goldilocks zone. Um, this particular wine is made uh, mostly from Pinot Noir, but there's a little bit of Blaufrankish in there as well too. Um, and this is made in essentially the same methodology that you would make Prosecco, so it's made to emphasize fruitiness and lightness of bubble as opposed to making something that's overly carbonated or more on like the savory yeasty side. So this is all just about freshness, joyousness, crushability. Uh, <laughs> it's like 11% alcohol. You know, you can drink uh, essentially liters and liters of this. <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you have some, uh, some opening thoughts on the wine. I don't know how often you drink wine at home. Maybe that's a good first question. I drink wine once, once in a while. Um, I've been pretty bad at it lately, honestly. <laughs> Just bought a house trying to save money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like you've had a lot of uh, exciting life changes over since the last time I said you. Yeah, uh, few you know, engagements, added family members. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and and uh, a house. Yeah. Yeah. Room That's for right. activities. Uh, you know, immediately, you know, you're talking about this region being balanced and kind of chill, and that's mm -hmm. that's what I got from the wine. Is is yeah. it's like it's not. It's it's acidic, but it's not too acidic. It's effervescent, but not aggressively so. It's mm -hmm. it's just it just hangs out. Yeah, it's very totally. Normal. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like that's what the people there are like too. You go and mm -hmm. visit them, and like nothing's ever really forced. It's very this sort of relaxed conversation. Mm -hmm. Nobody really speaks particularly loud. Everybody has this like very sort of even keel quality to them. That's so it's cool. cool when, uh, it's kind of like when people start resembling their dogs, people uh, <laughs> in winemaking areas start to resemble the winemaking area, <laughs> I think is a thing. Yeah, but, um, that makes sense. All right, so one of the things I wanted to do, and like, again, maybe this is outside of, uh, of anybody's ability, but you having such an amazing uh, a like fragrance collection at the shop. Mm, uh, mm -hmm. B uh, the shaving supplies alone, uh, <laughs> like are are ludicrously aromatic in such a positive way. Uh, as well as I'm sure there's other things that I'm forgetting that smell really good in your shop. Yeah, uh, there's a lot, even just the hickory handles and the axes. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. So I was wondering if off the top of your head, if there's anything in the store that like immediately sort of brings you to this wine from an Ooh. aromatic comparison. Yeah. Oh, that's. That's a hell of a question. I know. Um, I've made it hard. No, that's, that's good. I like I like difficult. 
You know, there's some some fragrances we carry that uh, feature citrus flowers, like neroli. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't say this, I'm getting neroli on this, but I'm getting that kind of fruity floral, like very much like the flower of a fruit tree, like a cherry totally. blossom or a, yeah, or, or neroli. Yeah, definitely. Um, mm. I'm trying to think of that one fragrance that you guys carry. I think it's called like dark rose or something like mm, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a really bright rose, but but it's got a nice earthy base to it. Totally, yeah, and like that's the thing that I like about it that that sort of savory base note. Yeah, still some um, of that like dried fruit and kind of mm-hmm. yeah grounding qualities. I also have like a like a rose um, like shaving cream from you guys. That's mm. that's very much in the uh, in the same vein. Oh, cool! Uh, it's very very aromatic, very pretty. Also, like the pinkest thing. Uh, yeah, oh, I love shaving with that. It's just, yeah. your, your face is just pink the whole shave. It's so delightful. Yeah, exactly. And it just smells like Grandma Rose, which is one of my favorite fragrances. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, talking about the store a little bit, um, mm-hmm. obviously, there's like a huge range of things that you work with. What was yeah, sort of yeah. your, your draw uh, to working there? And yeah. obviously, like you have a huge... Um, one of your strengths is obviously your, your obsession with... Uh, product knowledge. Um, yeah. You know, what sort of... <laughs> Almost to a fault, like <laughs> I'm oh, <yeah>. detail <laughs> obsessed, but I mean, our, our job is really to know all the details about the product, but then be able to provide those depending on a customer's needs. Like, I think it's the same with you guys in wine. Like, totally. you're not going to go full nerd on every single person that walks into a wine shop. They might just want to know what a good picnic wine is or yeah. wine to eat with grilled chicken. Yeah. But... If they want to nerd out, you're you're ready to go, and you've got all that info. Um, yeah, what was the <laughs> first half of that question again? Yeah, what 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 drew you into working oh, right. at uh, at Kent of Inglewood? It more than any one thing, it was just quality products. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I used to be a professional cook, and and I've always loved kind of like nice things, and so it started off just from like, oh hey shaving doesn't have to suck it can actually be really fun and cool and you can totally. use really neat gear that's handmade by master artisans uh, and that was really the draw initially and then it just went from there it's like oh mustache wax i need to grow a mustache so i can try that out <laughs> oh beard oil maybe i should try growing a beard because i want this smells good and i want to put it on my face <laughs> so it's just the the opportunity to experiment and experience so many cool things and help other people find those things help people find some kind of like inspiration and joy in their their morning routine mm-hmm. like getting ready in the morning can suck and you can do it when you're half awake or you can like take pleasure in a little more time in it and use totally. stuff that makes you happy when you're doing it so, same as drinking wine right yeah you, you can pour cheap stuff out of a box and i mean good wine comes out of boxes too but <laughs> you can get the job done or you can enjoy the journey as well as the destination yeah i think this is like a major thing that i find one of the things that really draws me into the shop and the, and the reason why i think we have so much in common is this ideology that uh the things that you do every day those should actually be the things that you invest the most in that yeah. are the most pleasurable yeah. as opposed to the once a year things that you do that you Absolutely. sort of ball out on you know for me it's like having like really good hand soap mm-hmm. how many times a day do you wash your hands yeah. you want that experience to be memorable every single time like literally every time i i use and i apologize that's not a soap <laughs> from you but every time i <laughs> use like fun. my like aesop hand soap i'm yeah. like this is an extraordinary experience and all i'm doing is washing my hands totally and it's again like you said like oh, like, it, like it like leaves your bathroom smelling lovely and yeah yeah yeah. yeah, no, the, the pleasure of good soap cannot be overstated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you've taken that to, to sort of like every uh, element of somebody's life, whether that be, yeah. you know, combing your hair yeah. or, you know, <laughs> whatever it happens to be. Our, our kind of motto these days, you know, it started off with mostly shaving stuff, but now it's kind of just getting you prepared to enjoy daily life mm-hmm. is, is kind of the motto we settled on because it's... Yeah, it's, it's shaving, but it's also, if you have a beard, it's washing your hands, yeah. cutting your nails, um, lots of stuff to put in your pocket these days. We've got all sorts of cool uh, daily carry knives and merino wool socks and oh, yeah. <laughs> things yeah. that are just like going to be around you throughout the day that you're going to have a lot of fun using. Totally. I look forward to putting on my Swedish merino wool socks. Yeah. <laughs> I pick them out before I pick any other pair of socks in my drawer. Yeah, definitely. That reminds me, I actually have to come by tomorrow and pick up a knife. So that's very convenient. Oh, perfect. Good reminder. <laughs> Good. Should have brought one with me. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I love this idea of, of uh, and I think it's something that you've really shown as well too, is that the highest quality product you have to spend a little extra on, but it doesn't mm. need to be the most expensive thing available. Yeah, totally. uh, and I think that's what we try and do with our wines as well too, where it's like most, you know, 90, I'd, yeah, at least over 90% of our wines fall between 30 and $40. Yeah. And sure, that's like maybe more than the average person spends on a bottle of wine. Maybe mm. the average person is 20 to $25, maybe even less than that, 18 sure. to 22. But we're also not selling a lot of wines that are like 75 to, a, you know, 200, yeah. $1,000 a bottle. Yeah, like completely understandable. Totally. And I feel like that's the same way with pretty much everything in your shop where it's like I come in and I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, the shaving cream costs more than Gillette. Uh, yeah. But also like it's as good as you can literally make it. Like <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't get better than that. And it's not like hundred dollars you're not sending mm-hmm. that much more money to get a huge amount of, of quality no. uh, improvement and we do have you know a sixty dollar shaving cream for people that are interested but totally. most people buy the twenty to thirty dollar shaving cream yep. and both are about ten times better than what you get from the drugstore or, or more yeah. uh, plus they're you know less gets thrown away so they're better for the environment way better for your skin they're just yeah you, you, you get once you start to experience and, and go down that slope of, of better quality products <laughs> it's hard to stop oh yeah for sure <clears throat> what okay so in your in your mind with maybe we'll narrow it down for now because you're talking about it but like shaving cream what mm. does make it better like what, what is it, it it's all the little details or? that goes yeah. into into making it right so I mean if, if you're just jumping from the, the cheap spray can stuff up to like decent English lather with a brush shaving cream um, the big difference is going to be the ingredients. You know, the base is going to be something that's much better for your skin. You know, there's no propellants in it. So there, there's not, there's nothing that's like really harsh on your skin or on your razor potentially. Mm. Um, and, and so you're, you're just starting off at a better base level of, of quality when it comes to what you're putting on your face. Uh, then you step above that into like the really fancy stuff and it's the fine details. It's maybe... Uh, the guy that formulated it has really labored over the chemistry so that it just works super consistently. Or um, in, in one case, this one brand we sell, Castle Forbes, they're two to three times as much money as the average shaving cream, but they use enough essential oil to have really good benefits for your skin. Their lime essential oil is great if you tend to nick yourself and, uh, and, and get like cuts because it stops bleeding. Yeah. Their lavender is really soothing and good for razor burn. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all of his oils are single source, like from a yeah. specific lavender farm or lime farm. Uh, and so, you know, these are people that are getting pretty obsessed with the details, but same as wine, right? It's like totally. the, the scale of production and the, the detail to each step of the process. Yeah. I've fortunately used both of those before, both the lime <laughs> and the lavender, and can attest to the fact that like every time I shave my face with the, with the lime one, mm-hmm. I was immediately like, I need a cocktail. Like, it's like, it is so limey. You're immediately just like, Mm -hmm. like, uh, I need a caparina right now. Yeah. uh, (laughs) You know, just splash some good rum on your face afterwards. Exactly. A hundred percent. And it was just, you know, every single morning that I shaved with that, I was like energized for the rest of the day. I walked around feeling great. Yeah, totally. I'm a little more of a slacker now. Now I'm like, I honestly haven't shaved in years. And and then (laughs) I, uh, you know, obviously COVID gives you a little more time to do things. Absolutely. Uh, and so, yeah, over the last couple of months, I've been, you know, shaving probably once a week, mm. uh, you know, just for fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, just as entertainment. And to, Me uh, too. I, I decided to grow a beard in the winter just to see if I could. <laughs> and uh, and so I only like trim it once a week, but that, that trim is like a special, it's a special part of my week. I look forward to it. Yeah. I kind of plan it for a day that I've got a little free time. I whip up a nice lather. I don't rush it. I maybe have a drink while I'm doing it. Totally. Uh, speaking of a drink, yeah. I'm going to talk about our next wine here. Beautiful. Uh, so next up, uh, we're going to taste uh, a wine from Ontario. Uh, you know, like keeping things local as often as possible. And so the next one is from our friends at Paradise Grapevine. Uh, for those of you who don't know Paradise Grapevine, definitely follow them on Instagram. They just uh, announced that they're doing an amazing new uh, pop-up that is... Um, for like the LGBT plus community, uh, for like queer wine night. Uh, so That's just awesome. like a super inclusive space and, cool. and just trying to focus on, you know, making more areas for, for people of, you know, any persuasion to, to come yeah. in and, and, and hang out. Uh, I, I so, imagine like in many worlds, like 
the, the wine world, like anything, it's been tough historically for, for people that are marginalized to, oh, to have a space and to feel welcome. So that, that's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. So it's super cool that they're doing that. You can even mm. see on their bottle art that uh, they're trying to show, uh, you know, people's, people with different bodies. Uh, you cool. know, if, if you look at the history of uh you know, people who have been shown on wine bottles. Yeah. It's uh, it's either old crusty winemakers uh, or it's like, you know, these sort of, uh, you know, derived from Greek God uh, sort of right. figures. And yeah. so it's cool to see them, you know, working with artists to be like, hey, cool, like how can we make this, uh, you know, a little more democratic? Cool. Um, so they, this wine is like wacky. This is, this is sort of as out of the box as a wine can get from a winemaking perspective but the actual mm. wine in the bottle is very sort of universally appealing um this is made uh from several different orange wines blended together oh wow um so they're taking uh essentially sauvignon blanc chardonnay mousquet and riesling uh great varieties that are that are all very delicious all very aromatic and then fermenting them on skins uh in one case for over a hundred days uh fermenting the grapes uh with wow. the grape skins uh, and then they're blending that together and then some of the barrels, they actually only fill them up two thirds. So it allows them to slowly mm. oxidize. Right. That oxidation helps stabilize the wine, soften the wine, but mm. also creates a lot of um, aromas that come from aldehydes essentially. So uh, really interesting flavor profile, mm-hmm. uh, sort of a little more on the, on the savory side. Um, that was going to be my question was like, with my passing knowledge of winemaking and fermentation, like what do they do differently? But that's pretty bananas. Can I ask a super beginner question? Sure. Of course. Is orange wine more stable in general? Uh, yeah. So orange wine has actually existed longer than white wine because of its stability. Right. White wine, as we now know it, has really only existed in a mass-produced sense since yeah. like the 1960s or right. 1950s, I guess. So since after World War II and we developed a lot of technology during World War huh. II for stabilizing food products, essentially. Yeah, naturally. Um, orange wine, because the, the juice comes in contact with the skins, the skins have a lot of phenolic compounds which uh, are essentially um, antioxidants. So it's the same thing that's like in the skin of a blueberry or the skin of an apple that prevents it from going bad until you cut it open and then it goes bad. So the juice juice of anything goes bad pretty quickly, but the skins are essentially what keep everything together. That makes Um, a ton of sense. Yeah, so orange wine, yeah, historically was made because you needed wine to last an entire year. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> there wasn't exactly the sanitation procedures that exist now. Like I, you know, I make cider at home, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not the best at sanitizing carefully, but I, I try to do a pretty good job for sure. But I, you couldn't have done that a hundred or a thousand years ago. Yeah, definitely. Um, maybe digressing a little bit because this is that's a really nice sort of um, segue, I suppose. But when it comes to inclusiveness, mm. uh, Kent of Inglewood, I feel like you guys have done a really great job of sort of uh, you know shifting maybe what was the original vision into yeah. something that is more inclusive, where it was like very much. Um, sort of like the renaissance man sort of ideology Mm -hmm. maybe right at the very beginning or maybe even before it opened frankly Um, but then once it opened realizing that hey like this doesn't have to be for you know cis men yeah 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 like all these products are are very (laughs) universal they can can apply to anybody yeah it started off very old-timey british stuffy colonial kind of feel and don't get me wrong i i do like old-timey Victorian aesthetic. It's just all the politics that come with it that I'm not a fan of. So, yeah, yeah, as we started to understand the brand more and uh, figure out what we wanted it to be, uh, inclusivity was a really big part of that, not to mention just the direction the world is going socially. So, so yeah, it was really important for us to make it a safer space for people. And uh, and, and we had a lot of really awesome staff over the years that have helped us kind of mm-hmm. become more aware of those things too. So, so first of all, it's it's the fact that we sell shaving and beard stuff, but there's a lot of different people that have beards and or shave. Like yeah. people have hair on areas more than their face, for yeah. example. <laughs> totally. uh, and and turns out shaving products work great for any part of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we mm, a lot of it's been in subtle ways. Uh, just changing the kind of language that we tend to use on our website and on our social media to open that up. 
um, creating more resources and getting help from some of our staff who, for example, shave their legs, creating resources for other people that shave their legs totally. um, through, again, through our website, through our social media, everywhere, in store. Um, yeah, and really just doing that with the goal of, of being conscious of how we're talking about about these products and, and how they interact with the people that are using them. Mm-hmm. And and who's in our shop and, and how that's making them feel, uh, and so I think I think we've done a good job. We're still working on it. Uh, there's there's always work to be done, um, and we're we're actually having a big discussion right now uh, about our company values and and where we're at currently, how how what we're doing represents our values, and then how we want to get better and, and continue improving over the next several years. So totally, yeah, it's it's super awesome, and thanks for noticing. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I feel like you guys have always been at the at the forefront of that. Uh, I remember forever ago when you got included on the list for, uh, you know, like top companies to work for in, I think it was Canada. I can't remember if it was mm. Canada or just in Alberta. Yeah. Um, but I remember that. And then you were the smallest like netting company by like a hundred times or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else on the list was like, I'm um, like, you know, yeah, of course we can treat our staff while we make a billion dollars a year. Absolutely. Versus yeah. you were like, oh no, we're going to make our <laughs> staff feel really awesome. like 40 staff. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> we're going to make our staff feel awesome even if it means we have to go under. <laughs> like, totally. like, we are not going to do it at the expense of, mm-hmm. we're, we're not going to make money at the expense of our staff. So I, I feel like you've always been really great at that. that that's always been, I mean, the people, and this is obviously sounds cliche for, for a company to say, but the people really are, the, the core of our business and if we ever forget that that's that's when things will start going poorly for us mm-hmm. and, and we've managed to be very successful as a result I think of taking good care of our staff um, paying people you know a living wage and providing other resources for them as well and, totally. and just you know hopefully providing people what they need as well as the opportunity for growth and advancement like I said I've, I've been around nine years and had a ton of opportunity to grow and, and learn and change as a person Th- sure. thanks to what what the company represents yeah uh, this wine is tasting freaking awesome mm. right now. <laughs> it's so I hope you don't mind that I'm not spitting. I don't have to work after this. No, no, <laughs> feel free. I'm I'm very. Uh, I'm gonna stop spitting in the very near future here. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> there's so much of that like like a, a lot of uh, wines taste like stone fruit. But you, you know, when people say it, they think you think of like the flesh of the fruit. Mm-hmm. This kind of tastes like the stone part, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, I mean that in a good way. But it's so mm. so pithy, pithy, yeah, totally, and yeah. leathery, and yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of fragrance words are coming coming to mind, like it, that that lovely bitterness you get from certain wood oils, and totally. and, and again, leatheriness, and not quite on the range of smoke, but maybe subtly. Yeah, I was going to say, like, definitely, you know, one of my favorite smells of all time is oud. Uh, oh, yeah. And it's like, you know, I can't afford to, to use it that often. <laughs> Plus, no. like, in a business where I have to smell wine all the time, I very rarely wear scents. Oh, yeah, uh, I can so. It's like, you know, my big thing for a long time was, like, wearing scents to sleep. Uh, hmm. You know, you, like, oh, put yeah. on a nice scent before you go to sleep. Then yeah. you're kind of, like, you're in it with yourself you wake up to that smell and then it's like, it's kind of like this nice little treat for yourself in your own like safe cocoon. But when I go out and I'm tasting wine throughout the day, you know, I don't really want other smells competing with, with my tasting. Totally. But oud is definitely like on my, on my, you know, top, top, top of the list of, of flavors I really enjoy. So good. This is definitely reminiscent of that. And like, you know, the more delicate sort of like sandalwood kind of, Mm. you know, end of the spectrum. Also very like chamomile saffron. Mm. Yes. Oh yeah, saffron, totally. Yeah. Very yellow smelling wine. They, they call this wine golden hour. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, tastes like all things gold. Mm. Yeah. Um, like, like the memory of raisins. For sure. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, like Sultana, like little... Yeah, like, <laughs> totally. Little, little and again, like raisins. in a good way, like... Definitely. Yeah, almost like raisin box. Like yeah. just like <laughs> this is reminding me. We have a very Eastern-ish inspired um, frankincense and myrrh fragrance mm. that we sell, and it very much is inspired by like the classic image of frankincense and myrrh. They even put a little bit of gold on the box to kind of complete the nice. trio. But it's this kind of like dry musk, light spice, like not we not a traditional musk, but like that light yeah. kind of sandalwood effervescence that you're talking about. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, such such a it's showing super well right now. I'm mm. very excited 
you know, we're getting down to the point where we're about to not have enough of this wine for the wine club. And we decided to just hold on to it for the wine club. (laughs) We're like, no, I I feel like we just need to save this for the wine club members because they're going to be so excited about this. They deserve it. I was like, I was like, screw it. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that, that we obviously do is we like to think sort of like intergenerationally at some of the decisions that are being made in the vineyard and how, A, you know, you can set up a vineyard in order to be passed down for generations, mm-hmm. um, but B, you know, having a vineyard that uh, will allow there to continue to be a planet Earth uh, yeah. in future generations. <laughs> that's important. Uh, yeah. And so, it, you know, obviously a lot of our producers are, are very much geared towards that sort of sustainability aspect. Um I like to think of a lot of the products in, in your store also having that intergenerational sort of quality where it's like oh, you yeah. can buy an axe that's going to last, you know, you can give it to your great grandkids totally. if, if there's trees left on planet Earth. At yeah, that point. right. Uh, if not, I guess you could use it in like the post-apocalyptic, you know, battles. One, one or the other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if the zombies come, I'm well equipped. Yeah. And, you know, I think about things like, uh, uh, you know, my straight razor where it's like, yeah. cool, like that's going to essentially last for forever, especially if I'm only shaving once a yeah. week. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of facets to this. Like, for, uh, first of all, some of the companies we work with, many of them have been around for generations. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, some of them as many as 300 years. Uh, the one axe maker we deal with, has, it's been a little over 300 years. Uh, they're the oldest axe maker in Sweden and, and in fact, in the world. Uh, and same goes for some of the perfumers and shaving brands. But um, but like you're saying, it also comes down to the products, products that, that last longer that you hopefully never need to need to replace mm-hmm. or might last. I mean, I, I inherited an ax from my grandfather and it's the same brand that we sell Haltoforce and it's, it's still good to go. Like I had to replace the handle, sharpen it. That's it. Yeah. And, but, but I think that also hopefully will create a more sustainable future where people are throwing fewer things away. You know, they are mm-hmm. buying fewer of a product that lasts longer and creates less twice. Like I, I try to buy the nicest quality pants I can find because I wear through pants a lot and <laughs> and I want to be throwing less of them away and ultimately yeah. spending less money long term. So, uh, that, and that really reflects in all of the products we sell that they're they're designed for life or or as long as they could possibly last given yeah. that they're maybe shaving cream or soap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Are there any producers that you're working with that are working more on a um, on the sustainability from a like sourcing products perspective, mm. like like where yeah. are the wood handles coming from? All yeah, those definitely. axes, like is it from a specific source? And <clears throat> you know, what's the sort of yeah. like, thought process? I think I think most. I mean, so a lot of the stuff that does come out of Sweden or even Germany, they're pretty conscious about that. It's it's a it's more ingrained in the culture than it maybe here is here in North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Adler, the axe maker we deal with, for example, they take all the shavings for the wood and they use it to. Uh, power uh, generator that wow. that creates electricity, and they use that electricity to light and heat their factories. Cool. And so they're they're at least you know making use of the waste from their production. Mm-hmm. Um, the axe makers in Sweden they use uh, induction heating as opposed to uh, coal power. Mm. To so they use you know electricity from sustainable sources. Often it's a water wheel next to the factory that's been there for nice. hundred years. Um, and then it's yeah also sourcing ingredients like that shaving cream maker Castle Forbes I was talking about mm-hmm. he he sources uh, sustainably produced ingredients vegetable based ingredients and uh, and works with uh, farms that he knows in person um, an, another good example is Clean O2 here in Calgary they're a soap maker um, but they started off as a company that has a carbon sequestering system. So they do exhaust and, and heating installation for office buildings like this one. And and so they capture the exhaust from the heating system and they basically strip all the carbon out of that. And then somehow, I don't know how it works, but they, they bring it in back into a solid form. Yeah. And then they use that as one of the uh, active ingredients in their soap. Wow. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. I actually had no idea that that was a thing. It's great. I yeah. I love it. Uh, and then, and then on top of that, they package all their soap in, you know, recyclable or compostable packaging, which, yeah. which is another thing we're seeing more of it moving towards is that yeah. recyclable or refillable packaging. Yeah, definitely. Is that something that you've considered going towards is, is yeah. more sort of refillable? Yeah. We, we were going to, we were going to uh, push really hard into it in, in 2020 and then, you know, <laughs> sanitation and all that was suddenly a major concern. Yeah. 
that's one of the things that I found too is that like a lot of those uh, you know a lot of the options that we had for like bulk filling all of a sudden became yeah. like hmm maybe there's a question of how many people are touching this handle absolutely uh, yeah and, uh, and, but I honestly think that will bounce back pretty uh, yeah, quick so definitely yeah um, I mean there's still uh, kind of bulk stores in Calgary and and the, the kind of zero waste refill stores are still around so th- this year we're going to push into that more uh, and that that comes down to you know buying products that have maybe metal containers because mm-hmm. you can recycle metal a lot more effectively. Yeah, uh, aluminum especially. Um, we do sell some older brands that use wooden bowls for their soap, and their soap totally. comes in a cardboard package. Yeah, uh, and then uh, probably starting a small refill uh, program for uh, beard oils and aftershaves and things yeah. that come in a glass bottle that aren't spoilable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that's super exciting. I'm, I'm pretty pumped. This, this is something I'm personally passionate about, if yeah. you couldn't tell. So I'm, I'm excited to move in this direction more. Yeah, definitely. Uh, any, any closing thoughts on this particular wine before we jump into our uh, into our red here? It's just, it, it, like, <laughs> it makes me want to sit by a fire and read a leather-bound novel and smoke a tobacco pipe. Like, it's very... Yeah. <laughs> it's got some being, old-timey qualities that you yeah. like. <laughs> like, it's bright and fresh and young and exciting, but it's also very kind of old-fashioned. Yeah. In a way that, you know, the, the whiskey and brandy lover in me really <laughs> enjoys. For sure. I think there is a lot of crossover there. We often have people, when we pour them orange wine, being like, oh, like this smells like it's high alcohol. But that's because mm-hmm. a lot of these flavors often come from things like cognac, from Armagnac, right. from, you know, different types of whiskey, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't remember the alcohol in this. I want to say it's like... 12 and a half. So yeah, super low. Off the wall. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, very centered. Um, yeah. But for a lot of people, they associate these flavors with spirits, mm-hmm. that, that more savory oxidative quality. Or, or even just, I mean, my brain automatically went to like port and sherry. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I mean, I mean, this is exciting because this is a wine that I can, I don't think a lot of uh, family, for example, would be too interested in a lot of orange wine. Yeah. But I feel like I could bring this to my dad who mm-hmm. loves scotch and, and that kind of thing and yeah. loves those really big old world French wines yep. and he'd be super down with this. Totally. I often say that orange wine is a really good option too for, for people who are notorious red wine drinkers. Mm. They, you know, they, they sort of refuse to drink any white wine. Uh, yeah. And you're like, <laughs> I know a few well, of those. Yeah. You're like, well, here is a white wine that has the texture of red wine, the sort of weight, the feel mm. of a red wine, but without, you know, having to, to, rely exclusively on those flavors cool so yeah i think it's a fun uh, it's a fun alternative but. totally uh have you gotten much opportunity to to sort of travel with the company and go visit any of these uh these places and or the other shops that you work with yeah <clears throat> so i've had i've had a great opportunity to travel to all of the cities that we have stores in uh it's calgary edmonton ottawa and vancouver um and back when kevin Englewood first opened kevin and i got to uh travel to London, Germany, and uh, and Sweden, and visit a lot of the old shaving stores and uh, a couple of old perfumeries in London, uh, and then go to Sweden and see like the axe makers, and actually go to a, a Swedish axe factory, which was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. Definitely, uh, it was so I almost stayed behind and just tried to ask for an apprenticeship to become an axe maker. Oh yeah, that sounds super cool. Yeah, yeah, that's uh. You know, in a in in a breakup a couple of years ago, I uh, we had purchased an axe together, which is mm. like I think more, you know, more serious than getting like a puppy or like having a child. Just totally. like that that mutual axe purpose. <laughs> yeah, right. And then unfortunately, in the dividing of things, I did not get to keep the axe. <sighs> That's and like, a bummer. Yeah, and since then, I've just been like, I, I haven't had as as many reasons to use one. Sure. Uh, but I'm like, I, I desperately want that thing back. So I, I feel like that'll <laughs> yeah. be a. On the on the short list of purchases for uh, you know once camping season starts again. Awesome. So, we got a lot of really cool ones these days. Yeah, honestly, they're they're very aesthetically pleasing, but there's something about yeah. the weight and just like like you said, like even just like the smell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's something uh, <coughs> there's something compelling about that for sure. Totally. Yeah, and we've got. Um, it, much like the wine, we've got a, a wide range of price points. So if you need to, if you want to buy an axe for a hundred bucks, we got a great hundred dollar axe. And mm-hmm. if you want to buy something that's handmade in Maine uh, and is, is more like four hundred bucks, we have that too. And, yeah, and lots of in between. And uh, 
yeah, it's despite all, all the prices of steel and wood going up, they're actually still reasonably priced, yeah, too, which is nice. They're holding steady. Yeah, nice. yeah, exactly. Um, but, we, you know, we've seen a big demand for the axes, too, with so many people camping and, you know, getting into outdoor activities. Totally. Axe throwing seems yeah. to be a, yeah. a new old sport. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been axe throwing? I haven't been. It's so much fun. It looks like a lot of fun. It's it's one of those things where, you know, you're like, oh, I'd like, is that dangerous? But if you go to the right place, they train you properly. And, oh, for sure. And it's super fun. And it's so satisfying. Yeah. And you're not throwing towards anybody. And, no. You, know, <laughs> you get kicked out if you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so this is sort of like our, our baller wine for the month. Every month we, you know, usually it, it can kind of range. Sometimes we have like one sort of you know, more, more premium wine and then two less expensive bottles. Sometimes we have sort of like one really expensive one in the middle and then one that's a little on the higher end. And then sometimes they're all kind of the same price right down the middle. Um, this is definitely sort of our baller wine for the month. Um, this is coming from Le Grappin. Uh, so this mm-hmm. is Andrew and Emma Nielsen. Um, they're located in Bone in Burgundy. Um, and, uh, you know, Emma is from, from, uh, the UK originally, uh, Andrew is from Australia. Somehow they now live in Burgundy, which sounds like an ideal, you know, decision to make. Uh, cool. although they actually do sell their own wine in London still, they still go back there for, you know, X amount of time each year. Um, and you know, really, you know, they're on the ground. They're, they're the ones who are sharing their wines with, with the people, which cool. is great. That's awesome. Uh, you don't really see that out of winemakers that often, but they really believe strongly in that connection. Um, this wine is coming from one of probably Andrew's favorite vineyards, which is in this little um, area called Fleury, uh, which is south in Beaujolais. Beaujolais mm. is one of the most classic wine regions on totally. planet Earth, uh, famous for Gamay Noir. Um, and Fleury is one of the most famous towns within the region of Beaujolais. It's one of 10 towns that are allowed uh, fixing their name on, on the title uh, or on the, on the label, sorry. Um, and Fleury Poncier is essentially like the hill behind the town that is the most exposed, but also gets the most amount of sunlight. Hmm. Um, it's sort of the ideal place, and it's it's very rare to actually see it on a bottle of wine because there's just not very much of it made. Um, cool. For him, you know, you kind of get this like glint in his eye every time he talks about this, uh, even though it's only been via email. Uh, you know <laughs> that that email glint yeah. uh, that you get. And he is just like, this is just the most surreal sight. He's like, I, I have a handle on making this wine. It's one of those things where mm. it's like, I don't know if you've ever been naturally good at anything. I feel like we all have that one thing where we just yeah. sort of showed up one day and we're like, oh, cool. Looks like I'm good at curling. Yeah. Uh, or like whatever it is. And for him, you know, as a winemaker, maybe he has to put a lot of effort into, into making certain wines. But this one, it seems like he just has this sort of like, it just works out for him huh. and, and makes this you know, supremely delicious wine every single time. Oh, that's cool. Well, you're really, you've really sold me on this before, <laughs> before I even tasted it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Aromatically, it's exactly what I want out of Beaujolais. Totally, yeah. That really great combination of both like black fruit and red fruit. You're kind of getting this this tension between those two sort of extremes of the fruit spectrum. Um, both sort of like plummy blackberry qualities, but also lots of bright cherry, lots of raspberry mm-hmm. Um, almost this sort of blood orangey thing that I really like in red wines that you don't see that often. Uh, and then also sort of the classic flowers and spice that you get out of Beaujolais. Yeah. I always expect to get, you know, pink peppercorns, black peppercorns, uh, depending on the site. Uh, and then definitely like usually rose petals or violet. Um, in this case, maybe. Oh, yeah. Or, I, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty susceptible to suggestion, but that, the, the <laughs> violet. Um, definitely. I, we used to sell a violet shave cream and I, I totally get that. Yeah. It's, it's lovely. It's, it's restrained. Like it's not, Mm -hmm. not so over the top. It's, it's got some subtleties to it. Totally. Which I, I mean, my palate gets overwhelmed very easily and not being an expert on wine. I enjoy something that doesn't totally tread on it with, (laughs) with soccer cleats. Definitely. Yeah. This is, yeah. This is one of those nice balances of like, um, the flavors are, are like forward, but not obnoxious. Uh, you know, I think that's like, you know, if, if you compare, you know, sort of the world of, of fragrances, mm. I think that a lot of us has, have experienced that whenever, you know, you've been in the elevator and somebody yeah. wearing too much uh, Axe body spray yeah. gets in uh, and you're like, cool, yeah. that's, that's very loud. That's yeah. a very loud flavor. Oh, I'm sure we've all had that roommate that just, uh, go, you know, he's going on a date because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I you can it. smell him from the, uh, across the house. 
honestly, <laughs> I'm one of those people who like just replays like every like stupid decision they've ever made in their in their life right before yep. they go to sleep. And I remember this one time in in high school. I was like probably like I was grade twelve. I was still very young. I was like 16 years old. Mm. And uh, I remember like leaving the house to go on a date and like putting on like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to smell nice. Yeah. Putting yeah, yeah. on a little too much <laughs> and just getting in my, my buddy's car and being like, what the heck are you wearing? <laughs> and to this day, I can feel like myself go red. Oh, yes. at the, yeah. At the thought of that. <laughs> so I was that person. So, you know, there, there's no, uh, everybody can learn from those totally. experiences. But this is way more like, I, I remember... Uh, you did a little video on like what your methodology for like applying yeah. fragrances. Maybe yeah. you can walk people through that. I, I was just gonna. Like I, that's funny. I, it's funny you say that because I was just thinking like you know I'll have a little PSA moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. For me, it's it's I like to enjoy the fragrance, but I don't want it to overwhelm my senses, and I don't. You really shouldn't be smelling it all night long, mm-hmm. and so. Generally, you never want to spray a good quality fragrance more than twice. Yeah. And if it's poor quality fragrance, you want to spray it less than that. <laughs> Zero times. <laughs> no, but um, in all serious, uh, seriousness, once or twice is tons. Um, personally, I do like to enjoy the scent, mm-hmm. and I don't work somewhere where I need my nose to be on all the time. So I'll do just kind of down the front of my neck. But if, it, if you get it onto some clothing, some chest hair, it's going to hang out a little longer, and you'll get a, a nice whiff of it throughout the evening. Yeah. If you get it onto your skin, it will burn up a little quicker, yeah. but you'll still, you'll still be able to enjoy it. Uh, if you go down the back of the neck, that's wh- that's a good uh, a good application if you don't want to smell it too much, but you want mm-hmm. other people to enjoy it. Yeah. I, I do both because I do like a bit of a strength to my fragrances. I'll yeah. spray down the chest and then down the back, but that's it. Yeah. Um, and often I'll do it kind of from a distance, so I'm not getting a full full on blast totally. uh, on on both sides. And I'll usually do that half an hour, an hour before I leave the house. So if I'm getting into an Uber or, you know, a car with somebody, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not sticking them out and I'm being considerate of them. Totally. Um, having a a pregnant spouse right now, I've, it's helped remind me to be considerate of my, (laughs) my sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that also is affecting, uh, the amount of uh, wine able to be consumed at home. Uh, for yeah, the, well, the problem is the same amount of wine is being consumed. It's just there's only one person doing it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's generally how that works out. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, you're, you're not the first person to say that. That's <laughs> Uh, you know, I think th- we've said this multiple times on the podcast, but the number one p- reason why people, uh, you know, cancel their wine club subscription is because of pregnancy. Yeah. It's not because of disliking wine or whatever. No. It's like a hundred percent of people who are in our wine club uh, seem to eventually get pregnant. And then, uh, you know, obviously wine, wine, wine can lead to pregnancy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That should be the warning on the back of the label. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, not contain sulfites. Yeah. <laughs> Excessive consumption could lead to pregnancy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, in the in the best, most joyous ways. Totally. Um. So, I don't know. I have so many directions that I want to go. So yeah. we'll just choose one and we'll just go with it. Cool. Um, as far as sort of like the future of the company, um, mm. is there anything sort of on the horizon that we should be like super excited about that we should be yeah. looking forward to, or is it sort of just you know just honing in on what you're, you've already been doing? I, I mean, we're we're I kind of said this earlier, but we're always trying to find ways to be better, whether that's um, better uh, better to our staff, uh, better socially. Um, or better as a, as just a straight up retail business, we're always kind of working on that. Um, <clears throat> we've been working really hard on the Knifeware YouTube channel for the last couple of years, mm. and we've got to the point where we're making, I think, some pretty good videos. We just hit ten thousand subscribers on our YouTube channel. Uh, our recent videos are performing really well, and, and I'm really happy with just the quality of content we've been making. And so we're gonna start doing that at Can of Inglewood too. You can, mm. you can expect some videos in the next few months about how to swing an axe properly and safely <laughs> before you drink wine. Yeah. Um, how to use a straight razor and maybe some tips on taking care of your beard, uh, probably some leg shaving stuff down the road as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that for sure, just kind of growing uh, our online presence even more and, and, and providing more education yeah. to people who wanna enjoy their daily experience more. Uh, we've been really growing our uh, pocket knife, hunting knife, and axe collection over the last year or so. Uh, we just noticed more people are into outdoor stuff, and yeah. that was a, a, a section of our products that were uh, something we loved, but we always got requests for m- new stuff. 
Yeah. And so we've really grown that. We've listened to our customer feedback and grown that selection. So starting in March, we've got uh, knife and axe sharpening classes coming. Sweet. And that will just be kind of like every weekend, we'll just kind of switch off the classes. But you can learn how to maintain your tools yourself, uh, yeah. which I, I think is a fun part of owning a good quality tool, just being able to, to keep it sharp. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then, and then also that more more eco-conscious uh, products and, and more refill options, more recycling options mm-hmm. as well. That, that's really our big focus for the next 12 months or so. Yeah, cool. That sounds super exciting. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, when it comes to sharpening, I definitely need to... Uh, to up my up my game, mm-hmm. uh, I, I do. You know, I, I have straight razor at home, and that's essentially all I use. And, yeah. and so it's like I've got the the strop, uh, which is you know functional. But when it comes to actually sharpening, I've I've have absolutely no skills, which is embarrassing <laughs> too, because like my brother is literally a knife maker. Uh, oh really? He, yeah, he like forges <clears throat> knives on on Vancouver Island. Oh cool, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> and so you know, I, I see all the things that he's uh, that he's yeah. released. You know, whether that be, you know, hand pounding Damascus or, right. you know, whatever. And I'm like, cool, I actually don't know how to sharpen my knives. Uh, <laughs> and so it's, you know, I always bring them in to you guys and you're, mm-hmm. always, uh, you're always very kind and help me out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's that's definitely a part of my uh, my skill set that I need to expand. Well, and there's no shame in letting a professional do it. But uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you are the kind of person that likes to delve into hobbies a little bit and and also enjoy those like meditative self-care-ish kind of moments we were talking about earlier like the shave you might enjoy the process of knife sharpening uh, Mm -hmm. because there's a real real sense of gratification that you can get from maintaining your own tools and then going to cut up veggies for a stir fry and realizing how awesome you just made that knife on the wet side yeah yeah Yeah. no I love that (coughs) excuse me hey no problem got that long COVID yeah Um, Uh, well, maybe one one time we should do like a, a sharpening and wine class for yeah. people. I hey, I'm a hundred percent into that. We're, we always love collaborating. So yeah, um, I Ho- guess hopefully like, we'll be able to soon. We're we're excited to get I back know. to partnering with people on yeah. on on cool stuff like this. We had uh, last fall we had a night planned with uh, Britt Hart, mm. and, uh, totally. and and her and I were going to do a we called it Leggies Night. And so uh, it's wine tasting and leg shaving. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, we had to cancel it because COVID cases were getting out of hand. Yeah, but uh, but one of these days we'll we'll have some fun wine and, and sharpening nights. I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah. I would I would shave my legs just to be there. Totally uh, right. Realistically, um, cool. Well, I guess like maybe the, the final thought before uh, you know before we break out of this here uh, is maybe what are like the top three things in the shop that you think that people should. Uh, invest in that will that will mm. you know improve their enjoyment of their daily life. Like, what oh, are people a, missing out on? That's an awesome question. Um, something take take a part of your day and, and focus maybe in on your grooming routine, whether that's styling your hair, taking care of your skin, washing your hands, and, and just try out a really nice product for that part of your day. Um, get yourself a nice bar of Portuguese soap or get a nice face moisturizer or consider uh, you know dropping 50 bucks on a safety razor and try out that for mm-hmm. your shave because it, it really is kind of eye-opening if you haven't experienced high quality personal grooming products before and uh, a lot of people especially guys just haven't you know we're we, we don't feel like we're allowed to or we haven't been taught to um, shaving's supposed to hurt <laughs> right it's supposed to hurt and your hands are supposed to be dry and sad and yeah, <laughs> yeah. and when, when I got into uh, taking better care of my skin and, and enjoying the shaving process. It was just very eye-opening for me. So mm-hmm. that, that's one thing for sure. Um, next, I would say, like, uh, find something cool to put in your pocket. Um, mm. And that could be a wallet, but for me, it's a pocket knife. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be, like, an aggressive, uh, tactical mall ninja <laughs> pocket <laughs> knife, but just something kind of cool. Like, I usually carry – I'll show you mine. This is uh, made in France. And this is uh, Terry's Sard, same guys that make some of our straight razors. And so this guy has like a nice olive wood handle. I call this like an old man knife. But I just use this for like cutting out my lunch and opening the odd box in our warehouse. And you'll, if you have a good pocket knife, you'll find things to do with it. <laughs> you'll find jobs that require a knife. It's a, that guy's a, a friction lock, so it's, it's kind of stiff, but you get used to it over time. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, Maybe treat yourself to something that makes you smell good. 
if you haven't experienced good quality perfumes and fragrances and colognes, I hadn't before I started working at Ken of Inglewood. I had the cheap stuff that my dad bought me when I turned 16. Um, <laughs> no shade on that, but it, it's in retrospect, not very good. Um, a, a really lovely fragrance can just be fun. You know, it, it just, you don't have to wear it every day. Maybe you just spray it on for special occasions, but it, it, uh, if you like getting dressed up, it can really elevate your, your outfit and make you feel a step, a step above. And, um, if you do already like nice grooming products and fancy smelling things, even better, you're going to, you're going to be really delighted by some high quality perfumes. Totally. Yeah. What, what is the shelf life of, of like a perfume? Um, it's pretty long. It's, it's about as long as, <laughs> I was going to say it's about as long as a bottle of whiskey, but that doesn't last very long in my house. <laughs> it, it functionally it is. It's, yeah, I mean, it's not going to degrade. Perfume much, will degrade exactly. slowly. Yeah. Um, I think there's a bit of a fear these days, uh, of alcohol based perfumes, Okay. but unless you're just dousing yourself in it, there's no harm in using alcohol based perfumes because yeah. the alcohol evaporates very quickly, yeah. uh, and, and just leaves behind the active ingredients, the essential oils. Mm-hmm. But the reason for the alcohol is it is a preservative. Yeah. It, it basically stabilizes. You think about that orange wine from earlier, it stabilizes all the volatile molecules in that, that, uh, formula. Uh, and that's why when you spray a perfume, once that alcohol is gone, it only lasts anywhere from a few hours to a day, but it will eventually go away Yeah. Um, because it suddenly is more volatile once that alcohol is gone. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, don't, don't be afraid of the alcohol-based stuff. If it's good quality, it won't stink like alcohol after you put it on. For sure. Um, but, but because of that alcohol, it will last a long time. If you have it on your shelf for 10 years, it'll start to get more faint for sure. Yeah. But you can have it for several years. I mean, a lot of my fragrances have lasted several years because I don't wear them every day. Totally. I, I kind of have scents based on occasion and mood and outfit and season and all those fun things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's something you can just have sit on your shelf and bust out for special occasions. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, cool. Well, thank you so much for, for taking the time to come hang out today. Yeah. Thanks uh, for the opportunity. That was, uh, that was very insightful. I feel like, uh, I feel like a lot of our listeners are going to get a lot out of that <laughs> and, and be very inspired to, you know, uh, up their grooming regime mm. or at the very least, uh, you know, enjoy what they're currently doing a little totally. more via, you know, a slightly better product that is often longer lasting that is often uh yeah i don't know everything about them is just quite joyous um so yeah if you want to go visit nathan you can go visit him at kent of inglewood Mm -hmm. which is in inglewood conveniently uh the name (laughs) is not fibbed uh you know right next to knifeware which is uh sort of their their associated uh project which is also worth checking out amazing collection of cookbooks uh as well as cooking gear as well as obviously knives uh of all different types whether that be you know you need something for sushi or whether you need a cleaver to chop a goose in half with uh you know they've got you pretty much covered um but yeah definitely go check them out uh if if you still don't feel like leaving the house they also have an amazing online shop and and obviously resources via Mm -hmm. uh instagram as well as you know everything else so you can even uh, just live chat with us on our website if you need if you need help with something uh and and all the other staff of the shop will be happy to just entertain you and show you some nice fragrances and 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 talk your ear off or answer any questions you have yeah definitely um cool well and if anybody has any more questions about the wines uh you know obviously refer to the the newsletter that we sent you uh as well as the links that we included for our website where we have full write-ups on each of the producers um but if you need more information you can send me a message Uh, my email address is eric e-r-i-k at juiceimports.com you can send us a message on instagram which is just at juiceimports uh but ultimately we're very excited to taste wine with you in real life in the near future so hopefully that can happen Uh, Thank you again, and thanks for listening. Appreciate it.